Voice for Victims podcast. Stand up for what is right and leave a legacy behind for others to follow. I am so happy you decided to take the time to listen to this podcast. Now, go and enjoy the show. This show is brought to you by Balance 7. Check out Balance 7 at balance7.com. To get a discount, type in Crystal 10. This is a nutritional supplement that will get you back to optimal health. Now, what are you waiting for? Go to balance7.com to try your supplement today. Well, welcome everyone to Voice for Victims. How is everyone doing today? I hope you all are having a fabulous week so far, and I am excited to be on here to talk to you. Today, I am going to share my story with you. Um, I think it's important that everybody knows um, what has happened to me years ago, and there's actually a show out there about me that was produced by Insider Exclusive. I own the rights as well to the story because it's obviously my story, but I think it's important that you also hear about the story. If you're not able to see it, um, it's, it's out there on social media, YouTube, but it needs to also be on this platform. That way you guys can hear it and, you know, learn about it, and that way there's you know, if there's people out there that may be suffering in silence and they can hear about my story, maybe it'll help help you going forward. So I'm going to let you hear the story, and then I will be back on at the end. Enjoy. In the fall of 1991, a stunned and confused nation watched a law professor chart a Supreme Court nominee with blatant sexual harassment on primetime television. Stunned because never before had there been this kind of media attention to sexual harassment. Confused because the lines can seem unclear and sexual harassment is inextricably aligned to perception. Shortly thereafter, the nightly news and national magazines carried stories of widespread sexual harassment and discrimination in the military. Those events brought to light something that millions of Americans already knew. Sexual harassment and retaliation is a pervasive, destructive, social, legal, and ethical problem. And it is a problem which workers have not escaped. Sexual harassment, a form of sex discrimination and retaliation for reporting it, is one of the most persistent and destructive problems in the U.S. workplace. While potentially a problem for both sexes, the majority of sexual harassment is from men to women, and few working women have not experienced sexual harassment. Although sexual harassment is clearly illegal, it continues, despite the high cost to the employee and the harassed individual. And despite the protections of the law, many who have been harassed do not bring complaints 
sex role stereotyping, distribution of power, and socialization are among the chief factors contributing to sexual harassment. Filing charges can be humiliating. Victims may feel their charges will be ignored or downplayed, or they may be accused of behavior that invited the offensive conduct. They may be ridiculed, face hostility or retaliation, poor work assignments, reduced hours, poor evaluation, or even the loss of a job. Still others don't know their rights, are confused about where the lines are drawn, or simply don't know what to do. What is clear is that sexual harassment and retaliation is against the law. Since 1964, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act has prohibited discrimination in employment conditions because of an individual's sex. In 1976, it was acknowledged that Title VII also prohibits sexual harassment as a form of sex discrimination. Unlawful hostile environment harassment may occur even where there has been no tangible job detriment, but where sexually harassing conduct is so severe or pervasive that it alters an employee's working conditions. Today, the Insider Exclusive goes behind the headlines in Justice in America, Crystal Storm's story, to examine how Ed Holmes of the old George law firm successfully sued and settled a sexual harassment and discrimination lawsuit for his client, Crystal Storms, a former retired Butler County, Pennsylvania adult probation officer, against Thomas J. Durr, the president judge on the Butler County Court of Common Pleas in Pennsylvania and the Court of Common Pleas of Butler County. Earlier this year, the state court system agreed to pay Starnes $200,000 to settle the lawsuit. Here's Crystal to share some of her nightmare experience. My name is Crystal Starnes. I started my career as a probation officer in Ohio, and then I went to Pittsburgh as a probation officer, and then eventually I met the president judge at a Christmas party. His name was Judge Thomas Starr, and he eventually became my boss. He invited me into um, his chamber on a Friday night to discuss the job that I was interested in at Butler County. At the time when I went in there, um, you know, he took me in, and he showed me around a little bit of the courtroom, and then he eventually started um, becoming sexual with me. And I initially said no, um, but then he eventually, you know, basically told me to leave on the floor and, and had me lay flat on the, the ground. Mm. And he just, I just froze at that time, and I just relented. He continued doing this off and on um, for about five years of having me perform sexual acts and, and him having sex with me in his office. I was in fear of losing my job. I loved my job. I went to school to become a probation officer. And I thought if I didn't do what he said, then he would fire me. In 2010, I wanted to end the relationship. I tried to distance myself from him. I was trying to end the personal aspect of it. He would continue to interfere in my job. I felt that he was involved with discriminating against me because one of the um, aspects of my job was to do field work, and they didn't let me do field work all of a sudden. And I was told that the judge felt it was too dangerous for me, but I was qualified to carry a firearm and I had all the other training that every other probation officer had. I feel that he interfered in my job. I could have went out and killed 
to check on offenders to try to protect the community. When I filed the lawsuit, immediately after that, I got a lot of backlash from my coworkers, you know, just being ignorant towards me, not talking to me. I had people tell me, you know, why, why are you filing this? The worst thing that I went through after filing the lawsuit was, you know, people victim blaming me on social media, you know, calling me a whore, saying I wanted it, um, you know, just, you know, saying I was out for money. I want other women or men, you know, whoever is being harassed, I want them to know that they can get control back of their life and not to be afraid and that do the right thing because in the end, they'll end up prevailing. This is the Insider Exclusive, live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. my great pleasure to introduce Ed Oles to the show. Welcome to the show, Ed. Thank you very much, and it's my pleasure to be here. Tell the audience a little bit about your um, your law firm. Well, we're a, um, I've been practicing for um, more than 40 years, and um, at some point I um, sort of swerved into dealing with civil rights, discrimination law, constitutional law, um, and I have pursued those uh, areas for, you know, say the last 30 years. Um, Ms. George, Jamie George, um, is a uh, joined the firm about 10 years ago, and she's continuing to do that kind of law. We do, um, you know, like, as I say, constitutional law, First Amendment, uh, equal protection, and, uh, of course, discrimination law. Uh, those, those kinds of cases. Today, we are here talking about one of your cases that you successfully settled. Your client was Crystal Starnes. Tell our audience who Crystal Starnes is. Crystal Starnes is a, um, um, a young woman from uh, Butler, Pennsylvania, which is a small, uh, relatively small community north of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania. Um, she was a worked for the courts in Butler County, a probation officer for um, approximately 13, 14 years. And uh, she came to me in, uh, I would say, 2016. Um, um, uh, she came to me uh, with a um, uh, complaint about uh, discrimination. And, um, and then uh, she, it, she told me a story about her relationship with uh, a judge in uh, uh, Butler County, uh, and, and that conversation spawned the uh, spawned the lawsuit. Let's talk about the facts of the case. What exactly happened to Crystal? Crystal uh, was a young woman, uh, approximately 24, 25, when she met a uh, judge in Butler County. The, uh, she had aspired to be a probation officer in Butler County because that was her hometown. Um, and um, one evening um, after she met with the judge, the judge um, uh, invited her to his chambers 
and um, there were sexual relationships, there were sexual relations between her and the judge that night. Um, it was late on Friday night um, in 2005. A judge involved was president judge of Butler County, um, meaning that he was the highest judicial officer in the county, and he um, controlled hiring, and um, she got the job. Judge Durr was his name, and um, the sexual relations continued for a, uh, a period of time, several years. Um, in the lawsuit that we filed alleged that uh, those relations were unwelcome to her, and eventually they stopped. But the um, lingering effects of those relations sort of it was a um, it gnawed at her, um, it, 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 it burrowed into her. She was never ever comfortable with um, with the job because number one, the judge was her boss. Um, she was fearful that um, he might affect her employment, and also um, it, it was you know the emotional impact of um, having had those relations with him. Um, how was her life? Ed, this case was filed in 2018. Um, she was hired in 2005. Talk about some of the strategies and the challenges you had in this case in bringing it so late in the game. In every state, including Pennsylvania, there's statute of limitations. Um, the statute of limitations for uh, this kind of um, activity is two years. And the um, so when Crystal didn't come did not come to me until uh, 2016, and so the 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 issue is how how can you raise how can you raise and pursue a claim that's so old? Um, the case law is that um, a hostile work environment, which consists of um, unwanted sexual advances. Hostile work environment is viewed by the courts as a, um, a single act. And even though um, uh, particular activities of a hostile work environment can occur over a number of years, the claim is a single act. And so um, the theory of the case was that because of interaction between the judge and Ms. Starnes that occurred well after the sexual relation, the, those interactions um, became part of the um, original act and, and kept the ability to sue under the original act a lot. Please tell our audience what happened in this case. Crystal uh, and I um, uh, took 18 months to decide whether to bring a case uh, at all because um, I knew, and I think she knew also, I knew that simply by bringing the case, um, there was going to be a profound impact on her life, um, the publicity, she was in a small community, she has a family, um, and that it, there was going to be a profound effect on her life. When we finally did bring, and of course, I... Um, we had numerous, numerous conversations about, do you want to do this? 
uh, you want to, you know, raise this issue. Uh, and eventually she decided that she did. So we filed a case in, in federal court in the Western District of Pennsylvania, um, making the allegations um, that, um, the, you know, supported the case. The Judge Durr um, took uh, the position that um, based on the doctrine of qualified immunity um, and uh, peripherally the statute of limitations, the fact that there was a release signed by Ms. Starnes took the position that she didn't have a case. And um, when a defendant asserts qualified immunity, they can, uh, that defendant can, even if the trial court says, well, we're going to move forward, that defendant can file an appeal and Judge Durr did file the appeal to the Third Circuit, which uh, eventually rejected um, his arguments, putting us back in the uh, district court where uh, the case was resolved. But you mentioned it had a profound effect on her life by filing this case. What was that profound effect? The profound effect was that, um, as with everything um, in our society today, um, it caused a polarizing, uh, uh, well, it polarized the community such that uh, there was um, social media um, coverage, there was press coverage, there was TV coverage, and of course, um, there were many people in the community um, that um, blamed Crystal, uh, and, and there, there were vicious, violent, um, not violent, vicious uh, uh, references to her in, in, in social media accounts, in, in community websites, um, and, and, and it had, uh, you know, for uh, a, a woman like Crystal, who basically tries to do the right thing, um, it was profoundly, I guess, it injured her uh, further. And of course, she had continued to work after we filed the lawsuit so that um, in, in, in the context of the people that she worked with, there were people that supported her and there were people that um, um, resented her because she essentially um, opened the curtain on, on, on the boss's conduct. And so it, it had uh, profound emotional impact on her. Uh, it had profound physical impact on her. And eventually it, it, it got to the point where she couldn't work anymore. Uh, she just, it was too hard uh, for her to go in those courthouse doors every day and continue to work. We have Crystal with us right now. So let's bring her on. great pleasure to introduce Crystal Starnes to the show. Welcome to the show, Crystal. Hi, thank you. I want to thank you very much for being on the show. The experience that you went through was a nightmare. Tell our audience a little bit about what happened between you and the judge. I met him at a Christmas party in 2004. And at the time, I was working in Allegheny County as a probation officer. And I told him, you know, I had a desire to work in Butler County as a probation officer. And 
he had told me that um, if an opening ever opened up, he would give me a call, and he got my phone number, and then I gave him his phone number, and then after that, um, you know, he contacted me, and then eventually um, had me meet him in his chambers on a Friday night, um, and he said he was going to interview me at that time, and then I eventually went in, and um, it ended up turning sexual, and I, you know, I felt like I was helpless at the time because Nobody was in the building. I didn't know who would believe me, you know, and, and he ended up, you know, having sex with me on his chamber's floors. I think it's important to bring out that when you eventually became a probation officer for Butler County, that he was your boss, wasn't he? Yes. So the relationship continued, correct? Um, you were in fear of losing your job if you didn't abide by what he wanted, correct? Correct. And what kind of interaction did you have with him throughout the period, I think it was what, four years? Yeah, it was through 2010 that was pretty frequent. Right. He would contact you how? Um, he would contact me by phone um, or like by the office phone or by um, my cell phone or email, but it was mainly by phone that, that he would have contact. You eventually wanted to end this relationship because it was interfering with your life. He was stressed out. How stressed out were you? I was very stressed out. I, um, you know, I now suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder and anxiety from, from all the trauma I endured over the years. And I just remember, you know, every day I'd go in to work, like I'd have anxiety inside and I would feel like, you know, well, what role am I going to play today? Am I going to be his personal slave or am I going to be like the snitch of the office? Because he would use me to get information about what was going on, on in the probation office. And then he would also want me to go up and give, do sexual favors in his chambers. You know, so I never knew what role I was going to play. Let me ask you, you said he would use you for letting him know, snitch, what was going on in the probation office. What could be going on in the probation office that he needed to know? He just would want to know, like, like what people were saying or, you know, Basically, if there was any bad mouthing of him going on, or you know, just basically the day and day operations, making sure that they were following through with what he would enforce, because he was our boss. I mean, he did run the probation office. I mean, we did have mid management, but he was ultimately the top person. Okay. He was actively involved in, in our office. Well, obviously, for five years, you kept this to yourself, correct? Yes. And the other thing is that he did was um, that this is what was very upsetting for me because. Eventually, mid-management found out that I was, you know, giving him information. So I ended up getting written up for it, and he's the one that was trying to get me to give him the information. So I get in trouble because my the top boss is, is trying to get information from me, you know, of what's going on. And I tell the top boss because he's the top boss. He does the hiring and firing. But then mid-management starts retaliating on me because of my my relationship with the judge now your relationship ended in 2010 approximately yeah i mean the sexual stuff ended um, in 2010. what made you decide in 2015 2016 to seek legal action against him what was the straw that broke the camel's back um a lot of retaliation was going on um at the time and i was trying to get on call i used to do on call in the past it was called um standby time it was basically on-call work. And I, they were denying me, trying to say that I couldn't um, do it because I was in a different probation officer position at the time. They said that 
I wasn't allowed. However, I was part of the same union contract as every other probation officer. So that, that really upset me. And then they were excluding me from trainings that other officers were attending. They were excluding me from motivational interviewing training, which that was a big training at the time because they were wanting me to interview clients that way because it's the new era. And I used to do it, and then all of a sudden they, they said, oh, you don't need it anymore. But everybody else was advancing and doing this, and they were trying to hold me back from being able to be a better officer. Tell our audience the retaliation or the adverse reaction you got from some of your fellow employees and the community. After I filed the lawsuit, um, I had coworkers tell me that I shouldn't be doing this, you know, that I'm not going to win it. You know, people just trying to like put me down for doing it and make me feel like bad about, you know, that I filed it. And, you know, I also had, you know, people putting negative comments about me on social media. I it came out at, as a Jane Doe originally. I, my identity wasn't exposed, but I mean, people in the building knew it was me. But then once my identity got exposed, the local newspaper ended up taking my picture off of my personal Facebook page and put it on in their newspaper. And they tried to paint me like I was a criminal instead of a victim and trying to humiliate me. And then like the victim blaming just started going on on social media and it still goes on to this day. I mean, they still, there's still posts out there that people will comment on things about the case, you know, and they'll still try to victim blame me. What advice do you have to give to people who are being sexually harassed? Other women, women are sexually harassed all the time. Um, what should they do? Um, they should definitely stand up, tell somebody, go to a family member, go to an attorney, tell somebody you trust, you know, you don't have to go to somebody within the organization. You can contact an outsider, file an EEOC complaint. You know, there is help out there for them. They can, you know, in my opinion, I feel that they can get their their life back because I felt that he had control of my life, my finances, my well-being, and then my body. You know, when I filed this lawsuit, I felt like I got some control back and, you know, to get my myself back, basically. And I feel that anybody that does this, you feel like you're going to get your life back. What's your opinion of the legal system as a result of this case? My opinion is, is that my case um, now set a precedent that no judge is immune to this type of behavior. You know, this particular judge felt he was immune to everything. He even filed an appeal on the case thinking he was immune, and he wasn't. There were four judges that rolled in our favor throughout the whole process, and I feel that this case is very important to future attorneys and future litigants because anybody can use this for case law and the immunity aspect of it. What do you think of the job Ed and his law firm did for you? I think they did a fabulous job. Ed, Ed is phenomenal. Um, he's an excellent attorney. He, he remained calm the entire time when I was like, you know, all like stressed out. You know, I remember sending him lots of emails. I probably put him over the edge at times, but like he, he never took it out on me. He was always very calm with me, and he was a very good attorney. He was a very good speaker, very good writer, um, excellent writer. You know, I, I couldn't have asked for a better attorney. One last question. If the judge was sitting in my chair right now, and you could say to him on camera what you think about him and what he did to you, what would you say? I would just say that, um, why, why did you do this to me? 
I was a probation officer in Ohio. I was a probation officer in Allegheny County. I already had experience. Why would you take advantage of somebody that already had experience? Why? I, I had the degree. I had the experience. I worked very hard. I moved away to Ohio. I moved to Pittsburgh and I worked at Wilkinsburg. And why? 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 You didn't need to take advantage of me. I mean, I was already, I had education. I had experience. I worked very hard for everything that I did. I understand your husband's here. We're going to bring him on right now. It's my great pleasure to introduce Bill Starnes to the show. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you. Thank you for being here, by the way. Appreciate your time. Your wife and you have gone through one hell of a time. Yes, we have. Yes. And you, as a former government employee, a probation officer, senior probation officer, have seen the legal system on the other side now, haven't you? Yes, we have. I really admire um, what your wife did, Crystal, uh, going up against the powers that be, because you knew this judge, too, didn't you? Yes, I What was the common talk? in the probation department about this judge? He was uh, a very powerful person. Uh, he ran the ship. Uh, you didn't cross him. He was, he was everybody's boss in the probation department, correct? Yes, yes. He could, we were an at-will employee, yeah. and from time to time we were reminded of that. And how would he remind you of that? On several occasions he came to staff meetings and basically said, if you don't like it here, I'll give you a good referral and you can leave. Obviously, you and your wife have been together for about 10 years, correct? Yes. And uh, you lived this experience with her. Can you tell our audience a little bit about the issues that you saw firsthand at home and the stress this was causing her? It took a long time for her to want to deal with the problem, uh, picking on City Hall or, or a person as powerful as uh, the president judge who could hire and fire you took a lot of time. You had uncertainty uh, getting into a system where we were concerned that the judge would be protected by his peers. In this matter, it turned out that he wasn't protected by his peers, thankfully. Uh, the judges that uh, had the case assigned to them, looked at the evidence, and I feel that they did what they needed to do. They uh, affirmed uh, that my wife did have a case. They listened to the evidence. And that's all really one could ask. Since the case has been resolved, um, how has this affected you and your wife in looking at the legal system? The stress is over to a point. Uh, my wife took our system. She, they settled basically in her favor. She received a, a, a buyout or a payout from the, as a result of this. Um, but it doesn't feel like justice was really completely served. My wife had to resign her position she tried, she remained trying to be a probation officer for quite some time. But the stress that she endured trying to do this, she went to her doctor. They would allow, they would take her off sick time from time to time and she would return. And eventually it just got too much and she had to resign. 
I've had other people come to me and say, well, your wife had to go, but the judge who did this basically remained untouched. He still holds his title. He still remains on the bench. Uh, the Supreme Court, I understand, removed his administrative responsibilities, but in January, he will retire as the president judge of Butler County, Pennsylvania. You're on national TV right now. What do you have to say to the judge? It's a shame that he didn't think about all the ramifications of what he did. It's affected my wife. It's affected our family. And I'm sure that it's affected his family. I understand that we have two more close personal friends to you, Crystal that uh, are witness to what happened to you over the last 10, 15 years. We're going to bring them on right now. One of them is Corey, and the other one is Andra. Let's bring them on right now. It is my great pleasure to introduce Corey Kamer and Andra Bauer to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Corey, I understand you're Crystal's personal trainer. Yes. And you, Audra, are her hairdresser, beautician, if you will. Yes. For the last 10 years, tell our audience, starting with you, Audra, what you witnessed Crystal go through during this whole terrible nightmare. I noticed a drastic change in her personality as far as um, talking and how, like, what she was focused on. She was very troubled by things that were happening at her work. Um, she kept saying that it was very stressful. She, when she first came to me, she was a very bubbly person and, you know, easy. Not that she's not hard to talk to, but you could talk about anything to her. Um, when this started to progress, it got more where she was more focused on work. She wanted to let loose and, like, tell me things that were bothering her, but she couldn't. Um, and as a hairdresser, and I feel like I'm part psychiatrist because I get told a lot of things that um, before anybody knows them. Um, so she didn't really want to tell people, like, she knew she couldn't talk about it, but she wanted to talk about things. Now, as the lawsuit progressed and it was eventually settled, did you see a change in her? I saw relief. She definitely could breathe again. Um, you could tell she wasn't on edge. Uh, she was very calm about things and she felt good about what she had done and standing up for herself. And she wanted to, to do it to help others that maybe had gone, been in the same situation that just was scared. So I did, I saw a very calm after the storm, I did. And let's pick up on that, Corey. Um, you're a personal trainer? Yes. Just like Audra here, you deal with, your clients on a very personal level, you hear everything. Probably a part-time therapist too, right? Yeah, 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 I guess you could say. How did you advise, if you will, Crystal during, before the, while the lawsuit was pending and after it was uh, settled? So my advice to her was, um, it, since I'm from the fitness and you need to release stress and by not staying focused and not exercising and not relaxing your mind you're going to get you know you're going to get um bottled up with everything and you're not going to be able to stay focused and clear-minded on 
where it's at, where you're going with it, and seeing the end. Um, and so I, my, where my role came in was just trying to stay in touch with her as far as um, are you working out throughout the day? Are you getting you time? Are you stepping back um, and focusing from a fitness standpoint? You know, are you are you getting at least a walk in a day to clear your mind? And um, so that's kind of where my advice kind of settled with her. Her case and the fact that it was settled successfully uh, is an example to all women that they should stand up for their rights, correct? Correct. What sort of admiration do you have for her and what she went through and the end result? My admiration lies is that she truly stood up for herself, no matter how hard the situation was. Um, that was very hard to come, become honest and be truthful and tell public on what is going on. Um, I can't imagine how scared, the fear, what are people going to think? Um, and I think that takes a really strong person to stand up and do that. Um, so that's what I admire about her is knowing the truth and stepping forward. Audra, what do you have to say to other women out there who are going through the same kind of harassment, if you will, at their job? and what they should do about it, considering that you know somebody personally, Crystal, who went through this. I would advise them to really um, step back and realize the situation that they're in, that it's not right, that it's not normal. Some, I think women think that it's just normal or that's what they have to do to have their job. I, I just think sometimes people will push through just because they don't want to be exposed and they don't want, they think they're wrong. They think they're doing something wrong personally and they're not. They're the victim, just like Crystal was a victim, and they need to stand up for what's right and it's not. It's not right. Okay, one last question to both of you. Um, um, you're on national TV, Corey. What do you have to say to all women out there about Crystal's story? You have one life to live. You have one vehicle, which is your body, to get you through this life. Um, do you want to live it under somebody else's um, slavery or, you know, telling you what to do? Do you want to have freedom in your life? Do you want to live um, with joy and peace and happiness? Or do you want to live in some sort of a torture? Um, it's your choice. And um, I say start to be true to yourself and stand up for yourself and the people who care for you and are going to be there for you are going to stand by your side. I agree with Corey. I agree you have one life to live and, you know, you make it the best you can and it's not, it's supposed to be joyful for you, not for others. Um, you're, you're to do things for yourself and your family and if it's in the, in the end not in the benefit for them, then you need to step back and look and see what you can to change it. And that no person should be become for that. I want to thank both of you for being on the show. Thank okay. you. So Ed, let's, you know, a lot of people watching these shows think, you know, what is sexual discrimination? What is sexual harassment? How do I know? whether I'm being harassed or discriminated against or retaliated against, how do you define those terms? The key to Ms. Starnes' case was the, the, the notion that um, unwanted sexual advances 
um, and, and constitute a hostile work environment. And a hostile work environment is actionable both under the Constitution by virtue of the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment and by uh, under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. A hostile work environment, um, is a, uh, as defined by the courts, um, is a severe, pervasive, regular um, environment where, um, where sexual matters or, for instance, racial matters also can taint the, the, the work condition um, such that uh, a, 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 a normal, reasonable person would be offended and the um, um, particular plaintiff was um, uh, affected subjectively such that the terms and conditions of her employment changed. And so the, there is, um, courts can go back and forth on uh, do you need one incident, five incidents, 20 incidents to constitute a hostile work environment. And the answer is often dependent upon how serious the incidents are um, to some extent, how frequently they are. Um, there's no uh, preset definition of that. So you, uh, you, you take what you have, you take the facts that you have, um, you mold those facts into the um, cause of action, and you move forward knowing that um, the same facts in, in, in a, a particular fact situation, two different judges might decide that differently. You know, oftentimes that when these conditions exist and an employee like Crystal wants to take legal action, they have to think about being retaliated against, losing their job, maybe their source of income if it's not there, it's greatly going to affect their lifestyle, right? So uh, what do you have to say to people who come into your office and say, I think I'm being harassed, I want to do something about it? Um, what do you advise them? Well, um, it is true that when a person speaks up and uh, reveals um, this kind of activity, that that person is going to face hostility and, and perhaps retaliation in, in, in the work, um, work environment. What I uh, explain, what I, uh, how I address this with my clients is, number one, I tell them it's going to happen. Number two, I tell them that in the vast majority of instances um, uh, that they're going to not continue working with, uh, with the uh, employer. And um, I, I tell them, do you think, uh, because work is, you know, obviously, um, you're, how are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to pay the rent? How are you going to put food on, on the table? And I tell them, you have to weigh the, uh, the possibility of not working against the effect on your health. Uh, of, of this activity, is it so bad that you're gonna, your health is going to be affected? Um, is it so bad that 
that you're going to be fired should you file this before you are fired. And so um, that's um, that's how we address that. When people come into your office with these types of major issues, how do you select the cases that you eventually end up representing? I advise them uh, on the side, on the underdog side, you know, the, the side of, with people who lack power. And, and I, I judge their sincerity, how it affects them. Um, and if I, if I believe, um, in essence, if, uh, if I believe them and they want to move forward, um, we're available to um, do the case. I want to thank you for being on the show and congratulations for the successful settlement of the case. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for joining. So there you have it. There was my show that was aired like in the last couple of years. Um, it was filmed in 2021. And that is why I decided to start Voice for Victims, because I want to help others out there who are suffering in silence to know that they do have a voice and no one can continue to harass them, bully them. You know, if you're in a situation, workplace harassment, um, you need to report it. And there's a, a company called EEOC and file there first and then, you know, obviously get an attorney and pursue your action. If you are getting harassed at your place of employment, make sure you stand up for yourself and don't wait. Don't be afraid. You know, I wish I would have stood up years ago um, and, you know, it probably would have been a better outcome if I would have. But, you know, I still prevailed in the end. So now I'm just trying to help everyone out there in the world, um, letting them know that they do have a voice, and I'm going to continue spreading awareness. Um, so I hope all of you enjoyed the show. And if you want to watch it, you can go to my website, crystalstarns.com, and just scroll down to the bottom, and you will see the actual show that was filmed two years ago about me and you can watch it there so i hope you all have a fabulous day take care everyone are you an entrepreneur actor music artist or someone trying to make a difference in the community or have a story that could help someone suffering in silence if your answer is yes then you need to check out crystal Starn's various podcast shows that she produces and hosts Come on one of her shows and make a difference. Promote your business on her platforms. Ask her about package deals to get your brand more noticed. Want a commercial about your business done by her voice? She also offers package deals for that service. You can find her at crystalstarnshow.com and voiceforvictimsradio.com. Also, if you want access to all her podcast shows and blogs, join her community awareness page for just $4.99 a month. That's right, just $4.99 a month then you would have access at a click of a button to her various platforms. Crystal Starnes is trying to make a difference for all people in the world. She wants to help as many people as she can so no one is suffering in silence. Anyone who has a vision and wants to achieve their dream, she has a passion to help promote you to get you to the next level of success.
check out Balance 7 at balance7.com. To get a discount, type in Crystal 10. This is a nutritional supplement that will get you back to optimal health. Now, what are you waiting for? Go to balance7.com to try your supplement today. Support our Hashtag Creatives is an organization founded by executive producer Alan Greenspine. The mission of Support Our Hashtag Creatives is to level the playing field for underrepresented creators and artists so that they have the same opportunities as everyone else to get their works created, distributed, and seen. A sample of the services they offer, they finance, provide artistic input, create and or manage IMDB pages and social media pages, and participate in all phases of the life cycle for creative projects. Contact them via website supportourcreatives.com or via email at allen at supportourcreatives.com. Kids need nutrition to stay focused and function at their best. Relive Kids Now makes this simple by giving them protein, vitamins, minerals with nutrients to support their immune system, growth, and brain development. It's all there in a simple, delicious daily shake. You can get this product in vanilla or chocolate. And you can go to healthfirst.relive.com. Again, health first.relive.com. Go get your shake today. <laughs> 